0: Hello and welcome to a special broadcast of PNN. I'm your host, Brooke Hines. We are coming at you today, coming with you. We are offering you today a special edition of PNN with Kardik Krishnayer to talk about the extraordinary events that happened in Washington, D.C. Just the other day, uh, I've been calling it the uh, Parlor Putsch, and the incelrection you're welcome that's from me it's free you can have this all day long if you want follow me on twitter at nashville underscore brooke and uh, you know what let's just get right to it And we're here with Karthik uh to talk about the events yesterday at the Capitol Building. Karthik, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing quite well, or about as well as you can do under the circumstances. I shouldn't say I'm doing well. I don't think any of us are doing well, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. doing everything going on. Thank you, Brooke.
0: Yeah, understood. Uh I got no sleep last night after a night before that was just weird. And so I feel like yesterday and today has been a little almost psychedelic. (laughs) I mean, on top of, of the reality of things being just not quite there. And, you know, to that point, I'm even having trouble figuring out what to call what happened yesterday because it's not a protest um it's not quite a riot to me when you see the uh, police working in concert with with people trying to storm the capitol building that's goes beyond uh, a, a lot of the stuff that we've seen before but there's a lot of people who push back really hard on calling this an insurrection or a coup attempt so how are you thinking about this
1: It's very clearly an insurrection, Uh, a a failed insurrection and a failed uh, coup attempt. I mean, I think it's a coup attempt in the sense that what happened in Washington was a coup attempt, was an absolute coup d'etat, attempt at a coup d'etat. And then you look at what happened in other places in the country, Atlanta, uh, Lansing, uh, uh, Ohio, Columbus, uh, Olympia, Washington, that that was uh, the the simultaneous events. That uh, create the elements of a uh, insurrection, a, a national insurrection uh, in, 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 in street certain strategic locations. I, like you, had very little sleep. I uh, Tuesday night, I was uh, I stayed up until they called the race for Warnock. Although it was pretty clear it was going his way, uh, tried to sleep, slept for about three hours. Kept wake, uh, then woke up and kept checking the OSAP race, and then thought, you know what? These these uh, uh, when I will get some sleep Wednesday. I know it's the electoral college count. But uh, I wanted to stay up to see the kind of clownish arguments of Josh Hawley and, and Matt Gates and others. But uh, I'll get some sleep during the day because you know, they'll, 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 they'll make their stupid arguments. Uh, they'll, they'll break into their individual sessions, House and Senate. We'll laugh a little bit at what it, morons, what fools these Republicans make of themselves. And then I'll catch a couple hours nap and all will be right with the world. Joe Biden will be certified the wear of the presidential election. Well, that's not quite what happens, right? Um, so the terminology is coup or insurrection. This idea of calling it a protest or a riot. So if you call it a protest, uh, it is a uh, that, that is ridiculous. This was uh, a, a protest times about a thousand. And then the idea of calling it a riot then puts it on the same level as people who riot about low wages or people who riot about not having any health care in the streets of, of Detroit or, or Miami or, or Denver or wherever. It was so much more than that. And it was a and riots tend to be spontaneous events prompted by something that happens. Like in Miami growing up we had a number of riots because we had the issue of police brutality. Guess what? It's still an issue. It's a bigger issue than ever. Uh and and, and uh racism and racial profiling and policing in, in, in the city of Miami that happened. Uh, so we had a number of riots and, and, a, and a verdict in a, in a cop in the case of a cop killing uh, a young African-American in 1980, McDuffie that set off riots. So there's these triggers that set off spontaneous riots. And what this was was a carefully planned two month uh, attempt at overturning an election in a democratic society. And in Western democracy, OK, the United States is, is, is at least in theory, or likes to think of itself as, as some sort of great enlightened place. The United States is not, no offense to these places, is not Colombia or uh, Venezuela or Belarus or Pakistan or uh, uh, the Central African Republic. These places where we see coups taking place constantly and governments changing and armed insurrections. Right. Um, it is supposedly on the level with France. And Germany, and the United Kingdom, and South Korea, and Japan, where you have elections and orderly transitions of power. The United States is no longer on the list with those countries after the last two months. Okay, let's be very stark about this. Let's be very blunt about this. This this thing has been planned for two months. We have seen all the signs of it. We have we have uh, seen the uh, the efforts be made to organize and rally people, ra- rally. Uh, 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 insurrectionists by very highly um, thought of in some circles, high elected officials, starting with the president of the United States and Rudy uh, uh, Giuliani, the former mayor of New York City and and people like uh, Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Lindsey Graham and, and uh, uh, our, uh, uh, one of our congressmen from Florida, Matt Gates, an effort for those people to organize a coup d'etat. They have done it very publicly they have been very organized about it. Um, now, maybe they've been kind of inept in how they've executed it, but they, have, they, they to put this on the level of a protest or a riot, a spontaneous event, it, that it, once the media does that, and I know uh, I have to give CNN a lot of credit, uh, unlike MSNBC and Fox, well, Fox, we know what they're going to do, but unlike MSNBC and ABC, who seem to have a hard time calling it this, um, effectively calling this, a, uh, a, 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 um, a, either an insurrection or a coup, and I actually heard Aaron Burnett this morning refer to it as the uh, uh, as uh, domestic terrorism, which was also a, a, a proper term. Although I think that that may imply it's like a terrorist attack, whereas I think this was an effort. Op- this was this was an effort to overthrow a government, whereas terrorist attacks are just attacks that try and affect the, the eventual overthrow of a government. I think this was a, a, an effort to do this immediately.
0: Yeah, and I think that the very least you could say that this was an effort to overthrow an election because what they're trying to do is uh, it something that Donald Trump was interested in and I think Rudy Giuliani was also interested in was slowing down the counting of the, uh, uh, or, or the certification of the um, Electoral College. Uh, this was something that w- that was talked about uh yesterday uh, last night on the news is that they were just trying to slow it down. Now, to what end, I don't know, but but the idea is to overthrow at an election. So I think that, uh, that for one thing, Glenn Greenwald in in his um, Substack article today, uh, mostly on the uh, uh, on the issue of freedom of speech, I guess. Had pro has a problem and and aired some uh, criticisms of calling it an insurrection or a coup attempt or yada yada yada, but he didn't offer anything positive. And and by the way, I'm I'm offering Greenwald's Substack as an example so that I don't have to call out people who are just private citizens that you know talk on social media. I think he's pretty. representative of the way that that conversation has been going. But I think that, uh, you know, calling it a, a, a an attempted overthrow, a a sort of clumsy insurrection, you know, whatever adjective you want to add to those. But you're absolutely right, because it was directed at uh, the Capitol building, because it was uh, directed at the confirmation through the Electoral College. All of this had the uh, the end point. What they were trying to get at was to interfere with a peaceful uh, transition of government.
1: Yeah, and and, and these were uh, organized. Uh, Efforts; They weren't spontaneous efforts. In fact, I'm going to tell you that Joe Gruters, the chairman of the RPOF, Republican Party of Florida, was involved in the organizing of the busing. And people, which might explain why there were so many Floridians. We even saw, I even saw multiple Florida flags amongst all the Trump flags and Confederate flags and American flags and Blue Lives Matter flags, right, Uh, that were, and we'll get to that in a little bit, I'm sure, the whole... uh, uh, police complicity with this, but uh, the uh, the Republican Party of Florida was involved in org- in, in uh, part of the organization of this coup. So it, to, to pretend like it was uh, – you have to use the term coup or insurrection because of how organized it was, how it was planned, the date was targeted, and this um, – look, I think this this, this – I'm going to do a mea culpa here. I think I've made some mistakes. The last few years, thinking that um, that there was a uh, uh, an exaggeration, uh, let's talk about both uh, on the kind of um, the, the the progressive left and the mainstream right. I thought that people like Senator Bernie Sanders, who I who I admire, uh, but people like Senator Bernie Sanders were—I I, I cannot stand Donald Trump, but Senator Sanders was overstating the threat. Uh, of our uh, democratic institutions crumbling if Donald Trump was re-elected, which is why Sanders, um, Senator Sanders was such an enthusiastic supporter of Joe Biden, despite their ideological differences, right? And, you know, maybe the number one surrogate for Biden in the country uh, during the, the general election. Uh, and, and Sanders keep raising this issue. Okay, I, I thought a lot of it was right, but I didn't think oh, okay. I thought, okay, Bernie, you're, you're going too far. Same thing with um, David Fromm, Bill Kristol. So some of these neo, neocons, Bush people, who are never Trump Republicans. From uh, in particular, has been saying all along this was going to happen. Trump wasn't going to leave office. There was going to be an armed insurrection. There was going to be a coup attempt. But I always assumed that that depended on the military playing ball. And I, and I bought into some of what From was saying, but I always thought that meant the military had to be involved. And once it was very clear that the generals and the Joint Chiefs were going to have nothing to do with this president and couldn't wait for him to leave, I thought, okay, there's no way that can happen. Well, as it turns out Sanders, sanders and mr from and, and and mr crystal they were all right they were spot on yeah. and this thing has been planned the signs were there right Brooke? there was there, this mm-hmm. is why i think glenn greenwald was wrong and, and and the people thinking like him this was a planned coup and insurrection there was no ifs ands and buts about it you go back and watch the speeches if you go back and look at the th- the rhetoric the things that were said the comments from elected officials, the phone call from Lindsey Graham to Brad, Brad Raffensberger. Let's not let Lindsey Graham off the hook just because at the at the ele- at at 11.59 and 59 seconds, he turns around and says, oh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm saying Joe Biden's the president now, like he did on the floor of the Senate last night, right? Um, there have been enablers. They have been plotting this. And so the coup was the last, was the last attempt, right? But they were trying to overturn the election by hook or by crook, and have the, once you're out of legal options, you turn to the option of an armed insurrection. That's what happens in, in third world countries, okay? Because there are, uh, the court system and English common law and these sorts of things do exist as concepts in the developing world. But then it's once you it exhaust your options in court, or you can't bribe a judge to go your way, that you then uh, arm the population or the people who are on your side and you storm the capital of that country. That's what happens in in places like Mogadishu and Islamabad and Bogota, the places I've referred to. Now what's happened in Washington, D.C. So this idea that somehow this is not an armed insurrection, this is some sort of protest and people are just hurting. And that's why, you know, uh, that Trump meant so much to them and he's done so much for, the ordinary working-class people in the United States are absolute fuck. You know, and I, I'm guilty. I bought into some of that. Like, oh, yeah, I even, after Biden had been declared a winner, I even have a tweet that maybe I should go back and delete now, but I have to own it. We're basically saying, okay, the election's over. Let's all try and come together now. Let's not prosecute people. Maybe we should just move on from Trump. Well, no, now I think you have to prosecute people. There's no two ways about it. So,
0: anyway. Well, I was annoyed with the degree to which Bernie Sanders was banging the drum that uh, Trump was a, a danger for something like this because I thought it was overblown, just like you. And so, yeah. you know, same mea culpa. Uh, my thought on it that was, though, that I, I didn't think that he was going to win the election. So I, I didn't really, you know uh we've shared our thoughts on on what we thought was going to happen in Florida and regardless of how Florida came out you know it, it the the numbers the numbers weren't counting on Florida there were 19 different scenarios that that didn't have Florida in the mix uh but speaking of Florida the Florida Democratic Party at 130 today put out a, a press release A statement, rather, on Florida congressional members voting to invalidate the general election results. And this is Terry Rizzo, uh, who is who is on her way out, releasing a statement saying yesterday we saw a violent insurrection at the Capitol incited by President Trump and led by his supporters who believe the election was stolen from them. She says this is a conspiracy. Full stop. Joe Biden is the president-elect, and he won in a free and fair election. And then she goes on, and she says at the bottom, for reference, these are the 12 Republican uh, congressional members from Florida who voted to invalidate either the Arizona or Pennsylvania election results. Now, 12 uh, members of Congress which includes uh, at least one senator, that is a lot. Yes. Uh, so so here's here's the list. Senator Rick Scott, uh, Representative Mario Diaz-Balart, Representative Byron Donalds, Representative Neil Dunn, Representative Scott Franklin, Representative Matt Gates, Representative Carlos Jimenez, Representative Brian Mast, Bill Posey, John Rutherford, Greg Stubbe, and Daniel Webster. A lot of big yeah, names on
1: Stubbe's that list. Yeah, and Greg is a pretty accomplished attorney. I, I, his behavior, his uh, commentary in the last year has been embarrassing. I mean, I expected it from Matt Gaines, but uh, Representative Stubbe, I didn't expect it from. him. He's a guy I actually used to think pretty highly of. Uh, I don't agree with him ideologically at all. He's a very hard, hard-edged hard conservative, but I thought he was a, a man of principle and a, a man of... Uh, some kind of intellect, which he clearly is not. And um, when you go down that list, you realize Florida is the epicenter for this sort of uh, insurrectionist uh, activity, this sort of uh, uh, hoodlum behavior. The Republican Party of Florida has effectively become a party of vigilantes. You and I have talked about this before, both privately and I think also on this show, uh, that they, um, they will take and dispense power by any means necessary. And Republicans aren't necessarily like that in other parts of the country, but I think Trumpism, Trump having done a lot of his political work, entertaining everything at Mar-a-Lago, and he was taken to the White House, a correspondence dinner where he made an ass out of himself, remember that? By Rick Scott. He was taken there by Rick Scott. He has this very close relationship with Pam Bondi, who's now one of his personal attorneys. Um, and, And you've seen the... This sort of thing, I just talked about the Republican Party of Florida. Um, Terry Rizzo's opposite number on, on the uh, RPF side being one of the organizers of busing people to Washington for this uh for this uh, uh rally slash um and I guess it depended on events if Mike Pence had done what they thought he was going to do, maybe it would have just been a a a a a, a rally in protest, but this potential armed insurrection. I mean uh the 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 reality of this now is uh, a couple of things. We have a very dangerous set of, of people representing this state who say irresponsible things, who, who who wind up and gin up the population, who have uh, destroyed the institutions of governing in this state. They have in- destroyed the legacy of accountability and the legacy of open government that the Democrats built in this state. And I know I'm sounding very partisan, but this is, this is the reality of the situation. Uh, And now you have a guy like Matt Gates. I know you read 12 games, so let's focus on that guy. You have a guy like him using his perch as a member of Congress, as a kind of celebrity politician going on Sean Hannity's show and Tucker Carlson's show and Newsmax and Twitter to fervent to, to, to kind of form the talking points and push the idealism, the ideas, the propaganda associated with this movement to overturn an election and to, and, 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 and to effectively uh, have a coup d'etat on the Capitol. And let's not forget our attorney General Ashley Moody was one of several state's attorney generals that signed on to the Texas lawsuit. There's no standing for Florida. Okay, we have our own election laws under the under the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. Those rights are reserved for the states. We conduct our elections one way. If they conducted a different way in Pennsylvania, because they have a Democratic governor, they have a Democratic Secretary of State, and they have a Democratic Attorney General, that's not a Florida's business. The fact is, Pennsylvania changed their election laws because we are in the middle of the worst pandemic in this country in a hundred years. Yet Florida felt the need to sue Pennsylvania or be part of a lawsuit. Trying to overturn the election results in pennsylvania well by the way donald trump lost by like 70,000 votes. It's not like he lost by 500 votes in pennsylvania it's not like he lost by 500 votes in arizona or georgia he lost by thousands of votes in these states so the reality of the situation is that we have uh allowed and partly through the ineptitude of the florida democratic party this group of, of, of hoodlums to effectively gain control of this state using their positions in the US Congress and in state office to uh, to format the uh, the, the, the uh, environment for insurrection that's the bottom line so we have a lot of uh, blood on our hands in Florida unfortunately
0: right and did you hear any names on that list that are uh, uh, vulnerable coming up in uh, in, in up, upcoming so like yeah Brian mass Bill yeah, I think
1: yeah, Jimenez is a very vulnerable member. I, I'm surprised he would uh, he would side on to this. I mean, he had supported Hillary Clinton in in, in 2016, but then had congressional ambitions of his own. Uh, he, he's a Republican, but he's been one of the Republicans who had been uh, would crossed over in 2016 uh, as the county mayor in Dade County, and then also complained that Joe Biden was. Uh, uh, we talked about this before. Biden has some uh, more uh, left votes on foreign policy than than Clinton did, uh, both as senators. Uh, that has been used by uh, people in the Cuban-American community, in particular, to make uh, to try and create a narrative that Biden is some sort of socialist. Now, of course, Biden, whether he's a socialist or not, has nothing to do with trying to overturn the election results in Pennsylvania and in Arizona, which Jiménez voted to do. Has uh, zero to do with that. But Jiménez is it, it should be vulnerable. Um, the uh, uh, the name escapes me, but the uh, the new member from uh, the uh, from 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 Lakeland and and uh, the eastern part of Hillsborough County, who uh, obviously uh, uh, was run by Matt Gaetz in the primary against uh, uh, against the former Congressman Ross Spano, defeated him in the primary and 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 uh, won the general. Uh, I forget his name, but that's a that's a marginal district, and I'm sure he voted. He would, vote however, Gates wants him to vote, so he must have been one of those twelve. That might be the name I didn't recognize on there. So that's a vulnerable seat, and then the Rutherford seat isn't really vulnerable, but the way you're seeing a trend in Northeast Florida towards the Democrats, maybe in in four to six years, it could be.
0: Interesting. Uh, So we've got uh, people calling for uh, using the 25th Amendment, and we have people calling for uh, uh, impeachment again. And I saw a real interesting scenario where uh, someone was saying that A real appropriate way to go after Trump would be Section 3 of the 14th Amendment uh, that disqualifies those who engage in insurrection from running for uh, office. And so just to clarify for people, the reason to impeach Donald Trump at this point, and this is coming from somebody who who thought impeachment the first time around was a waste of time and it wasn't done right, and... It was pretty dang performative and, and, and notice it had nothing to do with Russia. You know, what they actually uh, impeached him on had to do with Ukraine. It makes sense now so that he can't run again in 2024. Uh, so, so I think that's, that's what people are after and they're trying to get him out of office as soon as possible. And that would be the 25th amendment, uh, what are your thoughts starting with Twenty Fifth Amendment? What are your thoughts on this whole scenario?
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're uh, we're talking. Brooke, on late Tuesday, late Thursday afternoon. If the Twenty Fifth Amendment is not invoked by Friday morning, you have to push articles of impeachment to the House floor by Saturday. It's my opinion, and then you have to get it through the House, which it'll pass the House. I think there'll be some Republicans, like Adam Kinsinger, potentially uh, uh, from Illinois. Uh, maybe a few others that cross over. The, the numbers won't be great in the House. It may be like eight to 10 Republicans. But then in the Senate, you go for, for conviction. I don't know what McConnell will do. Now, let's remember right now, technically, the Republicans still have a Senate majority. Osof has not been sworn in yet. And uh, and Warnock, uh, it, those elections haven't been certified yet. Uh, they'll be certified after the military ballots come, come in and the provisionals are counted. That deadline is... Uh, is five o'clock on Friday. They may get certified as early as Monday. Uh, they might, and I know uh, in the case of because of the, the term that he's inheriting, uh, Warnock will be sworn in right away. I'm not sure when Ossoff would be sworn in, but the Democrats may have maybe down one or two votes, and um, or down at least a vote because Leffler will still be sitting. Purdue was not a sitting senator, so there's actually one vacancy in the Senate now currently, um, but. You're, you're going to get some Republicans. I'm, I'm sure Mitt Romney will vote. To, well, he voted to convict last time. So he'll vote to convict. There'll be a few others. You have to think um, that if the Democrats don't do this, they have lost the ability in the future to send a clear warning to potential insurrectionists, potential agitators on the right, that may want to hijack and destroy our republic and our democracy, that um, even if it fails, they have to go through with the effort to do it now. And I, like you, was very skeptical of impeachment the first time I actually even had publicly said I would have voted just like Romney did on conviction, right? I would have voted for one article and voted against the other. I thought one one case was was so poorly bungled by the House managers that it made me think. Well, you know, if they're impeaching Trump for this, maybe they should be. They should have impeached Obama and, and Bush also for the same thing. That's how badly they bungled their arguments, led by Adam Schiff, who I know is the golden boy of national democratic politics, but not for me. In my opinion, he's 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 you know not 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 at the level of what people think he is. But you have to do this. And the the reality is this, and I know Janine has warned about this on the show also, Brooke, is that um. The next time they pull this, they may have someone more competent than Trump pulling the strings. They may have Josh Hawley, who we can laugh at some of the things he said yesterday, although I don't think anyone's laughing at him anymore. Um, But we can we can say, ah, you know, he's just a coup. Hawley is a more competent, more analytical, more strategic mind than Donald J. Trump is. So let's say four years from now, Hawley is the Republican nominee. And the Democrats run. I don't know. Harris would be the logical person, right? That everyone thinks. Well, yeah, well, you know, whoever it is. And the Democrat wins because here's the other thing. I mean, Rand Paul has gone and said publicly yesterday that we can never repeal the Electoral College because the Republicans will never win another election. Well, here's the here's the thing. The last two months have teach me on this too. Previously, I had said I don't like the I, I don't like the idea that Democrats. Want to get rid of the electoral college? I think the electoral college is an essential protection for smaller states and for middle America. Now I'm realizing when I when I do the when the math is done and I realize 50,000 votes flip, Donald Trump gets reelected as president, even though he lost nationally by seven million votes and like f- almost five percentage points nationally. I I realize that at least at this point it's an obsolete instrument. It's an instrument that allows uh, c- continued minority rule, and by minority rule I mean The tyranny of the uh, 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 you know they don't they they think of themselves as a minority, but these kind of far right fringe white nationalist groups, right? They could hold on to power the same way Um, Southern whites held on to power in the Jim Crow South by disenfranchising um, hundreds of thousands of African American voters and using violence, which is something that happened in the South to enforce to stop African-Americans from voting. That violence is a precursor of what we saw yesterday. So my summation here is you have to impeach Trump. You have to try and remove him from office. You now have to prosecute him. I was very much against that. I even, again, another man, a couple, I even toyed with the idea during the campaign that maybe Biden should pardon Trump and just get this over with if he got elected and he did get elected, but before the election, maybe he should just pardon him to get this over with, this Russia stuff is stupid, you know, it's divided the country. But now at this point, I, I, I'm not, I'm done, done a 180 and think you need to prosecute him and you need to incarcerate him and members of his family. That's where I am now, because also Donald Trump Jr. has been a uh, an agitator. Uh, if you go and look at his public comments and the things he said and the things he's done, uh, and, and then I guess the final, person would be Rudy Giuliani, it's brought to my attention, uh, was brought to my attention by Brianna Keeler on CNN a little while ago, gave a speech yesterday at uh, at the rally prior to them storming the Capitol about the use of force. And uh, so maybe, I don't know that Congress can do anything about him. So one other thing before we move to the next topic, I also think the House needs to seriously consider the of of the members who led the coup. That were house members starting with congressman gates from here in florida and people like louie goldberg from texas and uh, andy harris from maryland and and the others i I think the uh, the new member marjorie taylor green she looks seems like she was uh uh, at the forefront of what was going on yesterday uh also in terms of at least the house chamber uh, she's uh the same member nancy pelosi had to kick off the floor on sunday for not wearing her mask uh, on the first day of the opening day of the Congress. And it's the same uh, member that has uh, floated all these QAnon conspiracy theories on the Internet. So um, that's a new member of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. She might be the next, uh, she might be the gates of Georgia at this rate.
0: So I'm seeing on Twitter that the National Guard is going to stay in D.C. through the uh, inauguration. And what we saw yesterday was pretty much a standing down of security forces and uh, some indications, I think a lot of indications that security forces were uh, uh, at the management level, not sending backup. They, they left their uh, uh, people on the ground. They left them open and, uh, and they didn't get things under control until last night. But then I read today that uh, uh, the small amount of people who were arrested, uh, there were a lot of journalists included in that. So they were going after the police were actually going after media and arresting them, including two Washington Post journalists. Um, just your reaction to that. Not it, It's kind of neither here nor there, but I sort of feel like this is important to remember as we go forward.
1: It is important because I think uh, there there is a the targeting of journalists because they don't want the journalists telling the story of the insurrection, right? I mean, I, I heard – I could visibly hear on one of the cameras during uh, the storming of the Capitol uh, obscenities, obscenity-laced tirades with the uh, word or the letters uh, CNN in the middle, right, by some of these coup- um, these people engaging in the coup. So uh, they uh, – and this was, uh, I think, minutes after they had gotten their – you know, the fist up from uh, – from from uh, Senator Josh Hawley as he walked into the Capitol, maybe about an hour after that. But so there 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 will be a targeting of media because in any coup where the uh, where, where the right wing right wing nationalist groups uh, 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 try and take power, which is what this was, maybe we need to dial this whole thing back and get back to like the brass tacks here, which is what happens in, 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 in undemocratic states when these things happen and when when right wingers in particular, right, not the left when the right takes take, takes power by force, they uh, they try and knock out the journalists and they try and knock out the intellectuals. This is part of the playbook. It's an established playbook. And we know Steve Bannon, uh, who now is in a lot of trouble, but Steve Bannon, who may have been the most influential guy in the country a year ago or two years ago, has has has, has done business in all these places. We know Roger Stone, who very much might be behind what happened yesterday. Uh, he, he did it in, in Miami in, in, in 2000, as we know, the Brooks Brothers riot. Uh, there are people who openly brag about being part of that. Um, and uh, so they would know how to steal a presidential election because they already did it once in, in Florida in 2000. And maybe uh, I'm, I'm uh, digressing here for a minute, but perhaps had we not been so passive uh, as Democrats about allowing George W. Bush to take office after stealing an election uh, in front of people's eyes like mine, may, maybe we would never have gotten to the stage in this country. But unfortunately, you know, it is it's that's done. It is what it is. But uh the, the the reality is they have targeted the journalists they have targeted the intellectuals and the police who seem very much to have been I want I I'm going to be careful with my words I don't want to use the word complicit but at least permissive of this situation um seem to have obliged them with the idea of seizing cameras arresting journalists not allowing people from certain publications or or, or networks so. They would target CNN, the New York Times, and the Washington Post, right? Those would be – I think everybody kind of laughs about MSNBC. They're not as threatened by them, but they're more threatened by CNN on the right, and then the Times and the and the Post. So those would be the three they would target and uh, and effectively try and take them out and uh, stop them from documenting what's going on, but then be, you know, not arrest people from kind of the soft media, right? You know, the people who are going to be good on them, right, the Newsmaxes, the uh, Fox News, the OANs, if townhall.com or, or Breitbart were there, they probably had all, an all-access pass, right, with the cops. They probably could do what they wanted. They probably had free autonomy to move about the Capitol. So this is the way it works. We saw it in the VLM in the protests over the summer where CNN and MSNBC, CNN in particular, their cameramen and their reporters were targeted by the cops. And, yeah. and I, 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 saw, I saw it happen live on CNN in Minneapolis, where their, their crew got, got, got targeted by the cops and got arrested. So th- this, is, this, is, this is the way they operate. So I think we have to talk a little bit about the police and all of this, because I, 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 I don't think you can be as as close to being successful with a coup attack um, as they were yesterday without some inside help.
0: Well, William Barr... Uh, nobody's favorite person. William Barr, Trump's former attorney general, attorney general, accused the president of orchestrating a mob to pressure Congress and called his conduct a betrayal of office in response to pro Trump riots that took place at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. This is a report from CNN. Very interesting to me that William Barr is, uh, is is calling Trump out like this. I mean, we know he uh, we know he stepped down. Uh, actually, I somehow missed that news. But now we know he stepped down. Um, what's going on here? It, it seems like someone put all these Republicans into a barrel and shook it up. And now they're all of their uh, relationships are, are are different than they were yesterday somehow.
1: Yeah. So uh, in the case of Barr, uh, the, the inside word uh, that I that I heard that was passed out to me was that he had stepped down because he was concerned about Trump pardoning Um he stepped down, I think, December 23rd uh, in fear of Trump pardoning people that he shouldn't pardon, which I, I think apparently then did happen the following week, the week after Christmas. So that was that was the inside word on why Barr stepped down. It had nothing to do with with now him claiming that uh, somehow um, maybe he felt like this was something he, he, he had anticipated and he wanted to step away from. That is not the case. Now, to his credit, he didn't want some of the more unseemly pardons to happen. So he stepped away. But um, it was about pardons, not about the idea that Trump was was contesting the election and uh, and, and, and uh, fermenting the uh, elements for an armed insurrection, which is what, what Trump has been doing for two months uh, with Barr as his attorney general most of that time. So um, I appreciate the fact that Barr is saying the right thing now, but I, I'm going to say he stepped down because of uh, disputes over pardons. And again, he's, he's he's on the right side of that. So I give him credit for that, but it had nothing to do with this. It's not that Barr said uh, uh, on December 23rd when he resigned, "Hey, uh, President Trump, you're fermenting the, uh, the 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 elements for a coup, for a uh, for for an armed insurrection in the Capitol. I'm going to step down and call you out on it." It Was like, "Hey, I don't like the fact you're going to pardon um, some criminal that I think should should be uh, shouldn't be pardoned or shouldn't be, been prosecuted, etc." i'm uh i'm stepping away that's what it was it had nothing to do with this
0: yeah and all of this seems very opportunistic so it, it seems like yes, soft, in terms of soft power republicans are very afraid that 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 uh that they're going to be in trouble if they are associated with the insurrection or uh, uh coup attempt uh that uh, at, at well, the very least
1: i mean why, why... People who are who are voters who consciously go and vote for Republican candidates for public office now, uh, they, they they too should be held accountable. Yeah. So, of course, the Republicans should be held accountable. Yeah, you're right. They're very concerned that the, their hands are all over this. This is what happens also after coups in those countries I talk about these more uh, these kind of these kind of centrist or kind of institutional elements will deny they were involved oh we didn't know this guy was so bad we didn't know he would storm the capital we didn't know that uh they were trying to overthrow the government we're we're aligned with them for ideological reasons or we're aligned with them because we don't like the other side they're socialists or whatever There, this is the same thing that happens in other places Part of the problem is Americans know so little about what goes on in the rest of the world. They can't see the parallels between Trump and guys like Orban and Erdogan and and uh, uh, Modi and all these people in in, in other parts of the Duarte Do- and the Philippines. Uh, and, and these the, these dictators, because there's also this myth out there that they're dictators of the left that behave this way. Okay, that's another thing that's been that's been created this myth in the United States that oh there are these communist and socialist dictators that behave like Trump. That's absolutely not true. The dictators that Trump mimics, and that his supporters mimic, and his enablers mimic, are all dictators of the right, and there were clear playbooks they followed to stay in power. There were clear playbooks that have, that uh, particularly Erdogan and Orbán have followed to stay in power in what were, what are ostensibly democratic countries. That Trump was trying to follow here, and uh, and as we learned, as we've learned the last two months, the institutions aren't as strong in this country as we thought they were. You know, you have the ability of a Trump, of a, of a president, to go to elected officials and basically say, "I know my opponent won your state by uh, by by ten thousand votes, fifteen thousand votes, whatever it was Georgia and Arizona, uh, and like seventy thousand votes in Pennsylvania." But you know, there was fraud. I don't want you to certify the election, and um, the system would have broken if there was a more partisan Republican Secretary of State in the state of Georgia. The system would have broken if there was a if there was a republican secretary of state in arizona as it turns out there was a republican governor there but a democratic secretary of state and it looked like the republican governor did want to do trump's bidding by the way doug ducey at first so um this idea that somehow the institution's held uh, is, is nonsense. American institutions are weaker than German institutions or French institutions or British institutions when it comes to democracy. So that, 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 that's exposure number one. And then two, even the, the fact that the institutions held based on a couple of human beings being, uh, being nonpartisan and doing their job in the state of Georgia. Uh, in Pennsylvania, you had a bunch of legislators that tried to overturn the will uh, of, of, of the people of that state. Um, I think almost half the legislature there was siding with Trump. And then you had their entire, uh, the majority of their congressional delegation stand up yesterday and vote to disenfranchise their own voters. Uh, and that happens. And they're not successful at overturning the election. So then they turn to the next step, which is to have an armed insurrection and a coup attempt. This is, this is what happens uh, if if you don't if you don't put your foot down on these people, so for too long the Democrats and the left have been too nice to these people. And I include myself in that. I've been too naive. I've been like, ah, you know, they're human beings too. And we just have differences of opinion. No, I think philosophically, there those these people are wired very different than us from, and, and we have to come to the realization that we're going to lose our democracy if we don't, we don't uh, put put our uh, foot on their throat. Yeah, I... and that means in the next thirteen years.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. And, well, first of all, what Biden said today, I was uh, shocked that that Biden's remarks yeah. actually uh, gave a nod towards the left and said, hey, look, if this was B- uh, Black Lives Matter or BLM, then it would have been a much different scenario.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, as you were asking me the question, I was thinking about exactly. I'm like, well, Biden's already going there because uh, clearly that, they, they, that,
0: that was very surprising so, so continue uh, So it, and it seems like We came out of this election w- uh, Having lost seats In the House picking up seats in the Senate We didn't do as, as well as We thought we would do but you know Hey look we got the Senate seats, so I mean uh, that's something It seems like yeah. to me uh, Where we were Lacking power coming out Of the election that we Have the opportunity to build on the narrative coming out of this whole mess that just went down.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I I'm now conflicted about the election because I realize, uh we still lost so many, lost so many seats in the house. There were nine seats in Texas. We could have picked up. We didn't pick up any of them. Uh, 27 of the 28 most marginal seats in the, in the, on the house map. Uh, we lost the only, the, uh, the only one that we that, that we won on that, on that list was a, was a suburban seat in Georgia. But then you think about Georgia, and you think about what's happened in Georgia. We flipped both U.S. Senate seats. Biden won the state. Uh, Clinton had lost by like seven or eight points, right, in 2016. Um, and so you think that there, maybe Georgia is a harbinger of the nation, and and we have flipped the U.S. Senate. And I think that what happened out of this coup is an opportunity because I, I was thinking the same thing it seems like Democrats at least today let's hope this is the case in three months seem less uh, seem more reluctant to make break bread with Republicans now it seems like Democrats uh who would be inclined towards centrism and moderation are, are less inclined to say you know what you know we should be nice to Kevin McCarthy now or we should be nice nice to uh to uh um, Mitch McConnell now and I think also the squad strategic decision to vote for Pelosi for Speaker has already reaped its rewards with Pelosi putting Ilhan Omar in charge of this task force uh, to push the idea of impeachment. I just saw as we as we were uh, beginning to start our our, our discussion, Hakeem Jeffries uh, say that on on, on CNN that basically Omar is, is is working on this. Um, Hopefully it's not. a. a, a, a Hopefully they're serious about that. They're they're going to have to work on it, bring it to the floor, not some sort of, oh, we tried to impeach, but we ran out of time. And none none of that nonsense. They got to go now. But it looks like coming out of this, there was more reluctance to have any sort of relationship with Republicans or conservatives, which will naturally push the Democrats to the left uh, just instinctively. And I think we already saw that with Biden. Biden's reaction to the protest was, if this had been BLM, the police would have acted differently. Uh, Which is, I think, a good segue to talk about the possibility that there was inside help for the school attempt.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's jump on that right now, because. uh, So this this was my day yesterday. I uh, had a deadline in the morning, got that done and was free to watch what was going on for about three hours before I had to record a a segment for a Friends podcast and then collapsed. I mean, just, I I, I had had no sleep the night before because of the election, collapsed, slept for six hours, and woke up at midnight. (laughs) So I caught up on the news last night at midnight, and it seems like the police... In addition to the footage that we already had of, of police opening the barricades and then being woefully understaffed, uh, it seemed like there was uh, mounting evidence that 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 there was a problem at the management level. And so today we have Nancy Pelosi actually taking some action with regard to Sergeant at Arms, and I think you had some information on that.
1: Yeah. So it appears now that uh, uh, that, that uh, Speaker Pelosi is going to demand the resignation of the House Sergeant-at-Arms. The uh, Senate Sergeant-at-Arms will be fired by Schumer the second the Democrats are in the majority. And again, the Democrats won't be in the majority until the election results are certified from Georgia and these two new senators take their seats. So that could be um, a certification. Like I said, I think uh, uh, the ballots have to all be in by uh, 5 p.m. on Friday. The, the 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 late military absentees and provisionals need to be uh, processed by then. It'd be sometime next week. So you know, let's assume it's going to be maybe even after January January twentieth. Um. So you're you're you you're looking uh, now. McConnell could force the issue before if he if he's in the mood, but maybe not. But so the Capitol Hill police chief, also Capitol uh police chief uh, Pelosi, is asking to resign, and I think that this is going to uh, this this will end up at some point in some sort of uh, firing. And, and, and keep in mind, uh, the National Park Service, I believe, if I remember correctly from when I worked on the Hill, the National Park Service, actually, the Capitol Hill police come under their jurisdiction. And obviously, once Democrats have control of the executive branch in 13 days, as I think to raise this, and I think I better, um, is that I what we saw yesterday, we very well could see on the 19th and 20th again, of January. So uh, assuming Joe Biden takes office on the 20th, they can be fired right after that. Um, and then obviously uh, Harris would be the president of the Senate at that point also, and, and the Democrats will have an majority. Uh, but the Capitol Hill police, there were members of the Capitol Hill police taking selfies with, uh, with, with, with the, with the riot, with the uh, insurrectionists. There were uh, members of the Capitol Hill police that seemed to be, you know willing to kind of like get out of the way, open doors. They were now, I'm sure the excuse for some of them will be that they were overwhelmed by by numbers. But the fact that they weren't prepared for this indicates to me, there was an inside job, that there was some sort of uh, concerted effort, deliberate effort to downplay the potential threat, keep them understaffed. And under force, and look, let's be honest. If the summer taught us anything, we know law enforcement has a bias towards conservatism. We know law enforcement has a bias towards the Republican Party. We know law enforcement has a bias towards Donald Trump. And in addition to all of those things, we also know that because the Republicans have had control of Congress in recent years, obviously the House flipped two years ago, the Senate will flip them in a few days. but uh because the republicans have control of congress everybody on capitol hill has been appointed by mcconnell or mccarthy or i'm sorry president mccarthy and paul ryan and and john Boehner. um so uh, this is what happened when i worked there that you know there was some legacy holdover from when tom foley was the speaker and uh george mitchell was the senate majority leader but what did it eventually happen was that dole and 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 uh um, Gingrich and, and, and Hastert and et cetera had all put their people in place including on the Capitol Hill police and, and we're, we're dealing with a Republican executive branch. So the combination of law enforcement's bias towards conservatism conservatism, right-wing nationalism, white nationalism whatever you want to call it and uh, Donald Trump as well as the Republicans controlling the congressional and executive branches for the last several years uh, has led to I think a bunch of uh, people who were in positions of authority that were probably sympathetic to the coup cool who would be mu- and who may have been angry because let's well, let's not forget the other intervening factor in here for I think uh, it's not enough is being talked about this the anger about the georgia elections where an african-american preacher mm-hmm. and a young jewish intellectual got elected from a southern state would fuel white nationalism That had just happened the previous night. And that would fuel anger in law enforcement too, that they're going to seek this black guy and this Jewish guy from Georgia, the state where Leo Frank was lynched, the state where uh, hundreds of blacks also were lynched. Leo Frank's not the only Jewish person that got lynched in Georgia. It's just one of the most famous lynchings in American history. Um, So let's not forget that had happened too. And that also meant the Democrats were taking control of the Senate. So all these things kind of... um, you know, what's the term? I think of the back of the future term where, where Dr. Brown says to the Michael J. Fox, the Christopher Lloyd character says, Michael J. Fox, there's a large confluence of events, or it might just be a remarkable coincidence that one day that they keep going back to. There is a large confluence of events that happen in a 48 hour period. And to me, the people in the Capitol working there and law enforcement were already pissed off. Trump had lost the election. They're already pissed off uh, about. Uh, the fact that, that the Democrats held on to the House and that, he, he, albeit barely, and they uh now are in this position where the the, the the Senate is flipping and there's this black guy and this Jewish guy that won in a place that they're not supposed to win. Don't kid yourself. The, 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 the old boys network on Capitol Hill is incredible. Washington was always a very southern racist city, mm-hmm. which is why another reason they don't want the governance of the District of Columbia over to, uh, to they, they never wanted DC home rule, real DC home rule, and now they oppose DC statehood, even though they have some element of home rule, as we saw they don't have full home rule yesterday, um, is because of racial reasons. And that was always because of Southern conservatives in Congress. So I, I, I cannot stress, and I think it's been downplayed by the national media, the importance of the Georgia elections, and also uh, swirling this pot to where these white nationalists, these, 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 these proud boys and neo-Nazi groups and all these right wing uh, um, agitators would, 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 would storm the Capitol with the encouragement of the likes of Matt Gates and Ted Cruz. Well, in
0: 2013, it, it shouldn't be forgotten that in 2013, a black woman named Miriam Carey made a U-turn at a checkpoint uh, near the Capitol building. Just near it, and Capitol Police and Secret Service shot her 26 times, killing her while her 13 13- yeah. month old daughter was in the back seat.
1: Yeah. So, right. so and, 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 and so if you're an African American and you're in the wrong, you make a wrong turn because there are barricades all over the place, and look, I don't, I wouldn't know where to go up there, and I once lived there and worked there because since 9-11 they've got all kinds of things blocked off streets you know everybody uh, you have to go this way that way you no know, you make the wrong turn and you're black it's like it's it's like much of america you get shot to death even if your kid's sitting right there if you're a white nationalist who has been known uh a lot of these people are known people it was very easy for the FBI to identify, and again, uh, the FBI may have identified some of them. It was very easy for the FBI to identify some of these people. And by the way, none of them were in Antifa, right? The FBI had a list of people that were the leaders now, uh, at least on the ground. I, I would still say the leaders were really Trump and, and, and Cruz and Gates and, and people like that, but the leaders on the ground, um, they were all people that the FBI already has been tracking as leaders of far right groups. Those sorts of people the police are comfortable with. They're not comfortable with the poor African-American single mom who might take a wrong turn and and, and hit a barricade and they're going to kill that person. So let, let's keep that in mind. And, and and in addition, I'm going to say this. And this is really bugs to me. The FBI can, uh, can track can, can track these people. They, they've got uh, they, they've identified uh, all of these proud boys and, and, and neo-Nazis. And, and I think one person was the leader of QAnon, uh, the QAnon conspiracy. The problem is the FBI can also has to rely on local police forces. These people have all left the the Capitol already. They were, they were, this is why this was organized. They weren't, if they didn't get control of the Senate and House chamber, I think that that, that their their march was to retreat, go back home, come back January 19th, and let's try it again, and let's stop Biden's inauguration. So they're now back, a lot of them in Florida, Georgia, they're they're mostly from states where it's drivable to to Washington, D.C., the local police now will need to be counted on to wrap these people up. And I just don't have any faith that will happen. I mean, would you would you believe the Sumter County Sheriff's Office? Do you think the Sumter County Sheriff's Office is going to side with the FBI or they're going to side with some local white nationalists? They'll probably side with some local white nationalists. I'm being perfectly honest with you. I'm not trying to impugn. I hope this doesn't get me in trouble where now I have cops knocking at my door. But I, I'm not trying to impugn the... Uh, the motivations of individual officers. I'm just telling you the reality, the political reality of law enforcement, okay, uh, in, in this situation. And I, I don't think the FBI is going to have as much success as we hope hunting down these people, unless they do it themselves, which I don't think they're staffed to do that. Um, and if they are, they're probably leaving something else vulnerable, right? So right. I, I don't, it's just a complete disaster, which is why Trump, again, this is all of this, because they're going to get away with it. All of this is why Trump has to be impeached and removed if the 25th Amendment isn't invoked and why I still believe you need to go after the enablers, the Cruises, the Hollies, the Daces, the Gomers, they all have to be brought down uh, to size. Uh, there needs to be censors. There needs to be uh, some sort of effort. Now, I don't know of any state Republican parties outside of Florida were actively involved in, in, in the coup plotting. It, it's possible the Texas Republican Party was led by Alan West and some others, but certainly Um, If you're a Florida voter, uh, shame on you if you vote for another Republican in this state in the next couple of years, because it's pretty clear they were all very much involved in this, uh, the the cooking and, and, and execution of this plot.
0: Yeah. And I really hope that this splashes back on them. So last thing. Uh, Trump has told the Georgia Secretary of State he will drop his lawsuits um, that his campaign filed against the office. He said it's because he's getting an out-of-court settlement, Um, but the Secretary of State's office says they have agreed to nothing.
1: That is, uh, that's bizarre. Um, I don't know what kind of... uh, what kind of an out-of-court settlement there could be. I mean, Trump was seeking to overturn the certification of Georgia's electoral votes. It didn't happen. Uh, obviously, uh, it was pretty horrifying to see the number of uh, House members that, even after Kelly Loeffler got on the floor and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to withdraw my objection, which, um, you know, she said because of the, the, the armed insurrection it may have been because she had lost the previous night, right? And she was just saying it to that point to try and win the Trump vote. Um but that's still 80 Republicans signed an objection to to Jordan's certification, 80 House Republicans. There um th- 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 this is uh also a situation where I, I don't know how uh, how uh, uh, far down the rabbit hole we go. It's been forgotten already. It happened on Saturday or Sunday, right? Sunday I think was when we found out about it, mm-hmm. it's now Thursday, and all these things that happened in between. But uh, there is still a possibility Donald Trump could get prosecuted in the state of Georgia if the DA in Fulton County wanted to uh, for, for threatening an elected official, which he very clearly does. Now, I would I would hope and I have to bring this up again because people have forgotten about this, that if Trump, if there's talk of prosecuting Trump, there should also be talk of prosecuting Lindsey Graham for making similar threats.
0: Absolutely. And uh, and that explains Lindsey Graham's eleventh hour, uh, fifty nine minute and fifty eight second, uh, you know, taking to the floor to say the opposite. Say so he he was saving his bacon, yeah. right there. Um, yeah,
1: even though he's even though he still made these like claims of of, a, of voter fraud on the floor, but basically said I'm not going to go along with it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, crazy. Yeah. But, it, it, it was unhinged speech, actually. Uh, it was a speech. It was a speech of a guilt-ridden uh, go- uh, man with blood on his hands, uh, uh, trying to act all indignant and above it all. It was it was embarrassing that spectacle, of that speech. So- sorry, I had to jump in, but you you brought it up. I, I watched it live. It was embarrassing.
0: Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah,
1: absolutely shameless charlatan, that guy.
0: Oh yeah. Well, and 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 that anybody would think otherwise. It. at this point even a couple of years ago it is is ridiculous so uh so uh, i want to take a small victory lap because when it was announced that pence wasn't going to be present uh uh for was announced that pence wasn't going to be present at the certification I think that's what it was uh, but the indication was that he wasn't going to go along with with Trump's um, uh, scheme here to steal the election I called it I was like this is this is Pence saving his bacon this is Pence saying I'm not going along with this stuff and I think that that we had indications of this a full, two days ago if if not two days plus another 12 hours ago and uh, and then it took until the next morning for trump to actually tweet out about it and at that point he was losing his mind he was he was uh you know saying that that pence is a traitor and this that and the other actually it was la it was yesterday that morning tweet,
1: that tweet specifically and it's in writing. and Now, Twitter Twitter waited an hour to take it to, to, to flag it, which was pretty stunning. That tweet, which is in, which is in writing, is a clear incitement to insurrection.
0: Absolutely. That was,
1: that was Trump. Yeah, and then Trump also gave a speech. Again, I, I hadn't seen this and wasn't aware of this that he had given a speech. He had gone down to address this protest, <laughs> this so-called protest, um, himself. In his limousine, you know, and he was behind bulletproof glass, But um the the idea that he wasn't directly he didn't have his thumb directly on it. So it can't be the all the president's men. Hey, Nixon was let down by Ehrlichman and Haldeman and, and Colson and Liddy and, and, and Dean and all these people who were around him. I mean, I, 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 I think you know, I made so many Nixon um Nixon Trump parallels. I think ultimately the one Uh, The one difference is um, Nixon had zealous enforcers, zealous as enforcers Mm -hmm. and overzealous enforcers. Trump has overzealous and zealous uh, enablers. Trump himself is the guy pushing the buttons that Ehrlichman and Haldeman were pushing for for Nixon. So uh, there is a difference with Nixon now. And uh, and the reality of the situation is, well, even the fact that Nixon is calling um, I'm sorry, that Trump is calling uh, uh, Raffensperger directly. You know, those phone calls, those tapes were all tapes with Ehrlichman and Haldeman and Dean that got him into trouble, right? And then he would have, hey, Dean, why don't you talk to Hunt? Hey, Ehrlichman, why don't you talk to this one? It wasn't, I'm picking up the phone and calling them and, and the conversation, obviously Trump didn't record the conversation, but um, that that's the thing. He incited the riot. He, he had this tweet about Pence. And I think um, Secretary, uh, sorry, uh, Vice President Pence was in some pretty serious danger at one point uh, for potentially bodily harm. And I'll say the same thing about Speaker Pelosi. Now, how someone got into Speaker Pelosi's office and sat in her chair, uh, again, uh, if the entire Capitol Hill police isn't disbanded after that, that sort of breach, and again, if it if, if wasn't Nancy Pelosi as the Speaker of the House, if the Speaker of the House was John Boehner, you think they would have let that happen? Absolutely not. I, I mean, no. So I don't think that there's any. And, and you, so getting back to the question, for that you asked, will this push the Democrats further left? I hate this. It, I mean, you always have to make lemonade out of lemons, right, I guess. I hate to see. A coup and an attempt to overthrow our government and destroy this republic, this 200, almost 250 year old republic as an opportunity. But I think it is. I think Biden has already shown with his comments, his post insurrection comments and uh, the, the, the haste now with which uh, uh, Pelosi and Schumer are acting and even empowering people like Yohan Omar. Um, the, uh, the the people in the media bringing Bernie Sanders on constantly saying, hey, Senator, you were right about this. We should maybe we should listen a little closer when you were saying this stuff about Trump, uh, Bernie, uh, I think it's already happening. I think the party's going to shift left because uh, there's now a realization that you cannot uh, you cannot play ball with these folks. Now, I, I do want to throw out one other thing, though. The Senate is still in the 5050. So I do have a little bit of concern. Uh, Biden has worked has, has decided to, to put Merrick Gar- Garland uh, as attorney general, which I'm absolutely fine with uh, personally. I'm concerned that taking Garland off the, the D.C. Court of Appeals um, if you do not if you're not 100% sure you have Joe Manchin and whatever other um, potentially disloyal Democrat on board could be to, to, to push another judicial appointment could be uh, uh, on the state. I assume Biden has actually caucused or has had Schumer caucus uh, 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 do a whip count of his caucus. Uh, but that is I just want to throw that out there. We have to remember, even though the Democrats are now in the majority, the majority in both houses is very thin and you can't afford defection. So uh, something like that, uh, I, I think, is kind of risky. Uh, but uh, if we if Biden can pull it off, get Garland as AG and then uh, 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 a good liberal, as a, a, a good progressive, as a, uh, as a judge on the DCA, that, that, that would be good.
0: Well, I think we have probably covered as much as we can right now without stepping into territory that will probably need an update immediately uh uh cardik, thank you so much for joining us on uh on such short notice to address these quite extraordinary circumstances and let everybody know how they can get a hold of you on social media.
1: yeah, the easiest thing is just to uh... Uh, find me on Twitter, KKFLA737. You can DM me anytime. I DM you
0: Super.